Welcome to the High Performing Human Podcast, where we talk about how you can reach your potential as an athlete through nutrition, fitness, recovery, and everything in between. I'm your host, Hannah Boyle, and I hope you enjoy the show. Right, so this is episode 15 of the High Performing Human Podcast. Um, If you guys remember, Dr. Amber Baldwin was with us a few episodes ago, and she is back with us again. And (laughs) so we're going to talk about some fitness, nutrition, health um, myths, and kind of just or advice that has become oh so popular thank you social media instagram tiktok youtube all of that stuff yeah yeah so welcome dr baldwin (laughs) for inviting me back yay so i mean obviously like like kind of like i mentioned it's there's a lot of stuff out there and a lot of times like my nutrition clients um they come to me and they're just like there's so many things out there I don't know what to do and that's always been a problem but it's getting even worse recently and now I've noticed that the same thing is happening with fitness so not only do we have issues with like okay what's the best way to eat now it's like what's the best way to like exercise or certain movements or how can I you know, it's a lot of like quick fixes. If, Mm -hmm. if I can be honest, like that's a lot of what I see. Um, but kind of what are some of the things that you see on social media, on the internet that have like kind of our super red flags for you? Um, I mean, I think it's the same thing, quick fixes in like my industry. So uh, like rehab and pain and you'll see like a video on TikTok and it's like do the stretch to fix your back pain like well I don't think you'll fix your back pain with this one stretch that you'll probably do for 30 seconds but you're on the right path if you just keep going um, I totally agree with you on the quick fixes it's like it's getting worse and I think it's a I mean I know it's a cultural thing because in the U.S. we're so like, go, 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 instant gratification. So everyone's just going to look for that one thing that they can do to eat the right way or feel the best or look the best. We need it and we need it now. Right now. We need it yesterday. I was going to say, we need it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, it just, I know we talk about it a lot. Like, did you see this? Like, yeah. And obviously we have freedom of speech. Anyone can do what they want to do and say, but as I guess, if for lack of a better term, as a consumer, we need to be more mindful of where we're getting our information from and how credible is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you go on, you know, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever, there's no really there's not really like a barrier of entry to say like oh you need these credentials or you need this type of education to post about this I mean if let's just I mean put it this way like you have somebody that consistently posts about like you know do this one stretch to you know alleviate back pain do this one exercise to you know get a six-pack those are going to be like clickbait titles that people are going to like go to. They're going to go to the YouTube page. They're going to go to the Instagram page. And all that's really doing is that's helping grow that person's following, which is probably what their goal is. But it's it's not going to be the type of information that you really need. Because um, most of the time, I mean, like, yeah, anybody can post whatever they want to like have at it. However, like Amber said, <laughs> a consumer, we need to be a little bit more aware of where the good information is coming from and what is just kind of like a social media ploy to get more followers. Yeah. Um, I think it's crazy to see like 
we are at that age that we started off on MySpace and moved to Facebook and then Instagram and then Snapchat and Vine before TikTok and now it's TikTok. And there are people a few years older than us who are also in that stage where we had like this whole evolution of social media. And before that, our information still came from the internet, but it was still the bloom of all this worldwide web. And now like, I don't wanna say fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just the way it was like health professionals were typically not put in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. So then as social media grew, it was like influencers, you know, it's not health professionals putting out information. So I think as this evolution has gone more, health professionals are doing a good way of like showing what we do, who we are, how we can help, stuff like that. But we definitely didn't start out that way. And like, it's not anyone's fault. It's just how it was. So now we have, it's a thing to where if you want to influence, typically you don't have that educational background. Let me just throw this out there. So when, I mean, you have people with smoking hot bodies that post on Instagram, like, I mean, kudos to them for whatever they did to get there, as long as it's, they're doing it the right way. Um, that's a whole nother rabbit hole, but anyways, they're not, so like people will reach out to them to be brand ambassadors. Like I've gotten like messages myself, like on like, like my fitness posts. Like if I post a video, like I just did of me, you know, doing, um, weightlifting stuff, people like I'll get messages like oh like you'd be perfect for our brand or like you'd be perfect to like sell this and like I'm not a huge fan of that so I mean obviously I mean I don't know like that's definitely not my wheelhouse but point being is that these companies that sell the detox teas the supplements the workout programs they're taking advantage of people that look a certain way and not necessarily it's it's not necessarily these fitness influencers that made their body look that way by using these products it's the aftermath it's the the companies being like oh i like you because you look like this so i'm going to ask you to promote my product it's not like the influencer saying oh my gosh i love this product because it changed my life let me share it to the world no, that's not how online social media marketing works. <laughs> right. And then in turn, the consumer's like, this person that I follow has like this company is behind them. They use this product. They yeah. know what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. A person with a six pack does not have a like they don't have like a grandfathered nutrition degree or a grandfathered fitness degree. Like that's, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, however, a lot of people consider that just because they're like, well, obviously they look like that. They know what to do. And that's one of the biggest, like, that, I don't know. That's just a lot of things. Yeah. It's, and we're not like body shaming by no means. Oh, no. We're lifestyle shaming. The whole point is just because someone has a certain look and has all these cool things on their social media account does not mean that the information they're putting out is credible. No. And they might have great intentions by sharing what worked for them. But just based on the number of people that I've worked with, um, not like, especially in nutrition, it's not one size fits all, even with fitness, like you have to find what works for you. Like if, if, you know, person A is doing some crazy workout routine that their body responds well to, that doesn't mean that your body is going to respond well to it, A, and it doesn't mean that you're going to enjoy it for mm-hmm. So 
if you don't enjoy it, like we've talked about this before, like if you don't enjoy what you're doing exercise wise, like why find something that you actually like to do because it's going to be hopefully a huge component of your life. Totally agree. Um, I was just, I'm sure you saw my face kind of like I was wandering off in the space. I was just thinking about like all the things it's just really TikTok right now. It's very, per that's like the most pertinent thing. And it's so cool to see, like we both follow that dietitian, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I follow a few physical therapists on there. Um, there are some chiropractors on there who are super cool too. And then you have like these people who go viral. Like I'm just thinking about this one. This girl showed how she cracks her back. And it's very quick and we call it a high velocity thrust manipulation. So typically it should only be done by physical therapists or chiropractors. Um, and she just does it so fast. And then you know how you can duet a video? There's like thousands of duets of people doing it and they're like, ow. It's like, yeah, don't do that. Just cause you saw this teenage girl put it on TikTok and said, I wanted to crack like a glow stick. So everyone thinks it's funny and then they go do it. Like, don't, don't do that. That is actually something that should be done only in a controlled, safe setting. So it's just like stuff like this that drives me up a wall. Yeah. Can you, am I saying don't intuitively move so that you feel better? No, like do what works for you. But if you see a teenage girl doing a really scary movement to crack her back, maybe be like, hmm. I'm not going to do that unless it's recommended by a health, a health professional. Don't Sorry. crack yourself with a glow stick. I have a puppy and he's loud. Yeah. But that's just, uh, I'm sure like you feel the same way about a lot of the nutrition information put out by self-made nutritionists. and. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of one specific example. Um. I know that we've kind of been talking back and forth and um, I have some like nutrition related examples, but um, what are some other kind of hot topics, trends and stuff in like the fitness and even like rehab industry that you have found that are just like big no-nos? Um, I know we had talked about this once we there was this video that went viral of this girl who's very very fit and has a great physique excuse me my cough <clears throat> great for her congratulations um so she had been asked like what her routine is and she works out fully seven days a week she has no rest days they are all strength training plus cardio good for you girl great However, this does not work for everyone. So the big no-no here is people are going to see this, like we were talking earlier, assume she knows what she's talking about and go do it. Now, what can be detrimental there? You can have overuse injuries, hormone imbalances from putting your body through too much stress. It's just, uh, I just want to shake my head. Um, but you can, it's podcast, so you won't see that. Um, so that's just a big thing like it's th this stuff is not generalizable so that's a big no-no we shouldn't be putting out very specific information and trying to make it generalized to the masses yeah absolutely I feel like even like when we put out information like that's always like a check like okay did I make this information you know like a social media post like did I make this information too specific is this going to be like relatable to like people I would just like to make sure like even like though I do have training like I like to make sure that I'm not overreaching and giving um I guess personalized recommendations where they're not warranted mm -hmm. um, just because like yes I like to share information but I also don't want to like take it and run with it and feel like I was speaking directly to them like they have to go do this and that's a lot of what social media is saying is like you have to go do this if you want to be successful. Yes, completely agree. Um, this is a whole like other, whole other 
topic, but just throwing it out there, it's crazy to me that the more licensure education certifications you have, the more liability you have and the more careful you have to be about the information you put out. But any schmo can put out all this stuff and people are like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's pretty much what we're seeing right now. From a rehab standpoint, I mean, just bringing up that like one stretch to fix your back pain or like we talked about in the last episode I was on the Theraguns or the massage guns, like do this to fix everything. It's like, no, that's, that's not how this works. That's part of the process, but not yeah. the whole process. Not a quick fix. Yeah. It's just, there's so many quick fixes about everything. Muscle tightness, muscle soreness, obesity. It's like, no, there is no quick fix to any of these. No. And that's the thing is like, so in my realm of nutrition, most of the quick fixes are going to leave you worse off than when you started. So when we talk things, like, I'll get into more of it, like weight loss pills or like very, very strict dieting or detoxes and cleanses and all this kind of stuff. You'll lose weight fast. I'm not, I mean, denying that, like if you will lose weight fast. However, most of the time you are going to gain it back plus some, and it's going to be harder for you to take that weight off again. And that's where a quick fix gets you. Um, I mean, I, I totally get it. Like there are times when we're like, oh my gosh, like I have like a wedding to be in like blah, blah, blah. Or I have this event and I need like, you kind of panic because you need to like slim down quick. Um, I think that's one thing when like my clients like start to work with me and I tell, if they come to me for like any type of like aesthetics or weight loss, I tell them, I'm like, oh, just so you know, it might be like three months three to six months before we even get to the weight loss phase, because I need to make sure like you're healthy and have a good baseline before I even start to like stress your body. And I mean, you know, if, if they're only coming to me to lose weight and make that change and want to get there in two months, like I'm not the person for them, like go follow, you know, Barbie on Instagram and see what she has to say but no, I totally, I totally agree. Uh, I'm guilty of my significant other being like, babe, my back really hurts. Can you just fix it really quick? Like, no, I can't. I can't fix it really quick. Actually, I need you to have been doing the stretches and the core stabilization exercises that I told you about for the past few months. I'm glad that he doesn't listen to podcasts because he'd be like, you talked about me on there. Yes, I did. Um, you're just a great subject to talk about. He you is. He is. Because he is like the epitome of like clueless consumer. And that's fine. That's what so many people in our world are. And um, I am going to blow smoke up my own butt. But like he is very fortunate to be marrying a health professional who's going to bring him back and be like, whoa, whoa, we need to look up like what we're reading to see if it's true. And he is very like, I need a quick fix to lose weight. I need a quick fix to make my back feel better. Stuff like that. And I'm like, well. Yeah, he was in a whirlwind when both of us lived there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He was like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? I can't do this or this or this. We're like, well, it's not that you can't. It's just, that's not recommended. (laughs) We, we, uh, you know, kind of blew his mind a little bit. It's fine. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah. He learned so much from us. He did. He to learn so much from us. He still is learning a lot from us. Um, he still needs reminders on things. Yeah. Like we went to Qdoba one time and he's like, okay, I'm going to try and make a Hannah meal out of a Qdoba meal. I'm like, okay. So he gets the bowl. And he's like, look at all the vegetables I have. I'm like, okay, tell me what vegetables you have and tell me what your carbs are. He's like, okay, so my carb is rice and then my vegetables are beans and fajita vegetables and corn. And then 
Um, I have salsa, which is tomato, and I have sour cream. No, he doesn't like sour cream. He had cheese. I'm like, okay. Hannah would be like, are you sure? <laughs> because corn is a starchy vegetable, so you're half right. And are beans vegetables? He's like, no. They're a carb. I'm like, there you go. So he did a decent job. Like he has learned a lot and he's trying to learn and he tries to learn from me too. But like, imagine someone who goes through their social media to try and get nutrition advice and they didn't have a dietitian or a physical therapist living with them. And they're also trying to get advice on how to fix their back pain. What are they going to do? They're going to look at someone who has a pretty Instagram because it is attention drawing and it may not have the most accurate information. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Find the abs on Instagram and that's where we go. Yep. Find the person with all the tools and that's where we go for rehab. Everything. For everything. So, yeah, I mean, when it comes to, like, I know that you, you shared a couple of TikToks with me this morning and it's just like, like cringeworthy to be honest um so like did you know that hip thrust slash twerking can be the one movement you need to lose 20 pounds <laughs> yeah that a huge trend and there are people who are like oh my gosh my stomach's flatter Yes, it is. Why is it flatter? Did you lose weight? Or did you tighten your internal girdle known as the transverse abdominis? Boom. I'm gonna go with the latter. Because yes, we can make our stomachs flatter by tightening that muscle and it'll also help with our pelvic floor. But I don't think it causes you to lose 15 to 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, this is like little stuff like that. I'm like, from a medical standpoint and from a healthcare professional standpoint, like, I think like, who the hell actually like believes this? But then at the same time, like, I have to look at it from a consumer standpoint. Like Amber, like you said, it, it really is like, people are just looking at this point, like for anything and everything that they feel could help them. And if they're on the track of quick fixes, like, yeah, they're going to go for that. We have an insane amount of information at our access. Yeah. So fast. And who's going to take the time to sift through all of the boring research articles or websites that health professionals put out when we can just go on TikTok, watch a 15 second video and be like, cool. That works. Yeah. That works for me. I'll try it. Or go on Instagram, search weight loss, and then a picture of a bowl of fruit comes up with an inspirational quote. You're like, yeah, I'll look at that too. Damn inspirational quotes. <laughs> Over like pretty food. Yeah. Love, I love that. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, yeah. So that was another thing. Like, um, there's a lot of like meal prep videos on, um, on TikTok and First of all, as I mentioned, like nutrition is very, very personalized. Like it, you have, it, it has to be very, very specific. So in terms of like, when somebody tells you like, here's the meal plan that you need in order to like, I think it was like for hot girl summer. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, like I have no problem with getting like recipe ideas and stuff because I mean, on TikTok, like there are a lot of like awesome ideas and like things that I would never think about. However, when they're like, okay, this is exactly the meal plan that you need to follow to like lose weight. I'm like, how do you know that? How do you know that you're talking to somebody that is the same height, weight, age, activity level as you and likes the same food or like has the, like, doesn't have any food intolerances or processes you know foods the same way or it, it's just like stuff like that that gets us in trouble because then we completely like first of all 
we try to completely overhaul our nutrition patterns to meet those things that we see online. And that's not ideal and that's not realistic. And then we end up falling into our previous patterns anyways. And then two, it's, it's not going to be necessarily exactly what you need, depending on where you're starting from and what your goal is. So, I mean, like I said, I love the recipe ideas. I am not a recipe foodie cook diet. Like I love food, but I'm not the type of dietitian that likes to cook. Um, Amber knows this from the way that I, she, she literally guessed my breakfast this morning as I was sitting here eating it because I eat the same thing every day. Um, and so it's just like, I'm not that person. So if I can find like resources like that to like help spice up my life a little bit, like super cool. But when it comes to actually getting like a full meal plan or a full, like here's exactly what you need to eat from TikTok. I'm just like, mm, not so much. So then let's talk about what happens like after, after the consumer finds these videos, does what the videos say and it doesn't work. What happens? They lose trust. Uh-huh. They lose like their, uh, I want to say inspiration, but they lose their drive because it didn't work. So yeah. what, what's wrong with me? is what the consumer thinks like what did I do wrong it's like that sucks because they just tried to get information they got information but it wasn't generalizable they thought it was and now they're like okay there's something wrong with me whatever I tried didn't work it's my fault and now they don't trust where information is coming from they're like I give up I'm just gonna be you know I'm just gonna be like this forever nothing's gonna work for me that's sad and like I remember being that way. I remember being an undergrad. What? I, I was that way. Like when I was with the Pistons and I was just like, I, I'm just, I can't get to where I want to be. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, nope. Yeah. I, I mean, like I had just, uh, I left the softball team in college and I went from being a D1 athlete to not. And then I gained weight because I'm eating the way I was when I was still an athlete and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing wrong because I didn't have the knowledge then so then I what do I do as a 20 year old I go on Instagram and I try all the things and they're not working and I'm like well then there's something wrong with me mm-hmm. then you get older and you get your education and you meet other health professionals and dietitian you're like oh it's not my fault yeah that's the one thing like it it's really hard. So especially like working with people that have like kind of even back to like disordered eating patterns, like they blame themselves a lot. Like it's my fault that I can't do this. It's my fault that I can't like lose weight. It's my fault that I can't be healthy. No, they're like social media and today's world has a lot to do with it. And it's really nobody's fault. It's just unfortunately the things that we fall into and just unfortunately like the knowledge base, um, it's not general knowledge, these things. And so you have to find the right people to follow and get your information from. And most of the time, those people are not at the top of the influencer list. They're not going to pop up on, or they're not going to pop up as frequently on your TikTok for you page. So it, it, it is tough. And it, it, I mean, that's the thing is like people try and then they feel like it's their fault. And it it really, it, it isn't because um, hey, at least you gave it a shot. However, I wish there was an easier way to educate the common consumer as to what to look for. But I guess that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. And that's also why we do like what we do with our training program. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how unfortunate it is, like how confusing it is going on social media on top of having all this information is all conflicting. We glorify love your body. We glorify fitness. We glorify not eating because it's cool to just have an iced coffee in the morning and that's it. Or we glorify being a foodie. Or we glorify working out seven days a week. Or we glorify working out twice a week. Like it's just everything is put on a pedestal and none of them are cohesive. 
and then we fat shame or we skinny shame or we fit shame or we average shame like it's there's no continuum of what should be done Mm -hmm. like going on there I can't imagine it would be just so overwhelming and confusing Yeah, actually, like, I like that. Okay, so this is a random, like, tangent, but, like, fit shaming. Like, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing, and it drives me bonkers because, okay, so here's the thing, and this is something that somebody, like, kind of on the same, like, level of, like, skinny shaming. Like, um, like so if you were to see somebody that is very thin, um, a lot of people, like, t- like a lot of times people will make comments about that mm-hmm. um, to you. And can you like imagine if the tables were turned and it was somebody that was very large and you like were going to make a comment about them being as big as they are? Like you wouldn't do that. So it's that's acceptable to do that. Yeah. So then you go to, I mean, okay, like. I live in very, very rural Michigan and there are, (laughs) I'm sure you've heard the roosters. Um, So, and like fitness is something that is part of some people's lives around here, but like not as, I mean, we're a very small like subset. Like, I mean, people around here like get their physical activity in by like far Mm -hmm. more. Yeah. Yeah. And and more like kind of day-to-day stuff versus like, you know, going to the gym for an hour or two. So I'm kind of like an outlier, especially like in um, like my family and like my immediate like community. Um, So I will get comments like about like how, you know, I mean, I mean, it it was more of a, I guess it was more of a compliment. Um, But like somebody made a comment about my arms at a basketball game the other day. And, or like, they'll make comments about how like, buff I am or like but like sometimes those things can like turn into like negative connotations and I'm like are you shaming me for being healthy and like working hard like hmm or typical female physique though right that's that is it yeah yeah so yeah and it's just like stuff like that um but at the same time like you wouldn't go up to somebody and say like oh you don't look like you work out like that that would never be something that like that would be considered socially acceptable where it is considered acceptable to like make comments about how small people are or like how muscular people are which in the like in the right I guess context like I get it but at the same time a lot like especially like around here I feel like a lot of times it's like pointing out that you're different Mm -hmm. and that can be kind of negative context but that was just my little tangent because I'm like oh yeah I mean it's a again it's a cultural thing Mm -hmm. and like that is a more subset culture um I am Asian American like my mom was from a different country so all of our like immediate family and friends they are also Asian Asian American and in that culture you are supposed to be small and delicate and as a woman um so having like any sort of fitness routine is just kind of odd at least in a more traditional sense because that's gonna automatically make you not as petite more muscular more just whatever it makes you so no I totally get the whole different thing like I remember talking to one of my aunts about how I was going to the gym and she's like oh yeah I saw one of your your videos you looked like heavy weight aren't you worried about that making you bulky and I'm like no not really and I'm not small and petite by any means like I've always been on the bigger side but I was just like, I know where this is going. It's fine. It's, it's just a cultural thing. Yeah, absolutely. And out Uh, in rural America, typically the, the women are not out doing any heavy lifting. They're not working out as much unless they're running, you know? Yeah. Which 
so I know it was a joke but like so I was doing my workout last night and <clears throat> my dad was um and his friend were like moving a piece of like they had to bring a piece of farm equipment back to like the farm and I, I was running like around like the farm I have like my 200 meters mapped out or whatever and I was finishing out my workout and my dad's friend comes in he's like Hannah why were you running nothing was chasing you I mean, honestly, I was, and I like, it just came out. I was like, I was practicing for when the cows do chase me. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, you know, and I know he didn't like, like he was just joking, but like, you know, it's very odd. It's a very odd thing. I totally agree. It's also a generational thing, I think too. Again, culture subset. Um, uh, with the boom of social media again, fitness has boomed, right? It's more of a thing to do than it was maybe 30 years ago for people our age. People did their stuff, but it wasn't posted. It wasn't talked about. They go to the gym, they do their thing. Like my dad talks about stuff that they did. Um, this was back when I did CrossFit. Like dad was telling me that he pretty much did everything like that in the gym with his buddies. They were just like goofing off and they saw it on TV somewhere. So they did it and they just incorporated it in their exercise. And here we are 30, 40 years later and it's CrossFit. Yeah. Gymnastic stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's always been gymnastic stuff, but now it's- right, right. But now it's CrossFit, yeah. Right. So it's just like all of these different programs on top of just the whole basis of exercising is much more of a thing yeah which it should be yeah. but I feel like the biggest thing out there right now is that and I feel like we've definitely talked about this before because I mean we preach this to no end is that high intensity is always the way to go like everything is hit training everything is work harder work faster work longer yeah, um, we can definitely talk about that because we talk about that a lot. And I know like CrossFit keeps getting brought up. I have nothing against CrossFit. It just so happens to be one of the things in the forefront of the industry that people are looking at. And that's fine. It works for a lot of people. Two of our best friends are super awesome CrossFitters and they could qualify for Granite Games again or whatever they're qualifying for. I think it Anyway, regardless, they're yeah. super talented. They can do high intensity all the time. It, it, works their house. it works for them. It works for the people at their box. Awesome. Very admirable that they can do that. However, it made me happy when I saw a CrossFitter that you and I both know, she posted on her Instagram story about how you do not have to do a workout that kills you in order for it to be a good workout. I was like, yes, that's amazing yeah. because CrossFit or like other places that do high intensity, I don't know, boot camps, Orange Theory, places like that. The goal is death. The goal is death. It does not need to be death all the time, is the point. And yeah. there's a lot of places on the, like, like I said, leaders in the fitness industry who their workouts are you die basically yeah. you're on the ground can't breathe whatever you're like oh my god that was an amazing workout because i was just left dead yep so what hannah and i talk about a lot is that this is what is preached to the consumer so the consumer now thinks in order for me to look that way to perform that way i have to run 10 miles do a triathlon also the strongman competition all in one hour in order for me to be fit. Yeah. Like that is basically what we are told. Yeah. No. No. Actually, no. And it doesn't work for everyone. No, it doesn't. No. I personally love seeing like the videos of the non-conventional fitness classes. Like the ones where you literally just have like that step to step on. And then there's cool music and the instructors just like grooving along with you. Um, how about those trampoline ones? That looks so hard. Yeah. I feel like I would fall off, but yeah. 
those are cool too yeah or like zumba Mm -hmm. just basic zumba or um pep and i used to go we did hot vinyasa yoga Mm -hmm. and it's slow pace but you still get a good workout we were sweaty yeah and we were more flexible from doing it i felt stronger i could almost hold some of the poses but like these are things that are not glorified on social media because they're not sexy like it's not sexy to like go do i mean a yoga class in order to better yourself it's mobility isn't sexy no okay so i'm so glad that you used the word sexy because earlier in this one of earlier in our discussion I wanted to bring this up. It's a whole other rabbit hole, but there was this video, and I think it's also a book, about how the world revolves around sex. Yes. Yes. And it's so applicable for the fitness industry. It's only cool to be flexible if it's sexy. Yep. Everyone wants to be skinny and have muscles because it's sexy, but not too muscular because that's not sexy. No. Yeah. So I'm just so happy you brought that up because it's true. If it's not sexy, it's not cool. Like, like I mentioned, like the detoxes, like the, you know, super, like, let's get like super thin, super quick. Like that stuff is considered like, you know, sexy, but it, the idea of eating a balanced meal and including vegetables, not cute, not cute, no. but that's what you need. That's what works. Yeah. Everything has to be visually appealing. Uh-huh. which if you posted your meals people would not like them oh dear god no that's why I don't do food posts <laughs> you'd be in rough shape I'd lose so many followers <laughs> yeah <laughs> I used when Hannah and I lived together I would make fun of her I'm like you're gonna put any seasoning on that she's like what are you talking about there is I'm like no there's not I can't see it Hannah but yeah, yeah. Bland food is not sexy. Vegetables aren't sexy. But it works for me. And like, that's what I like. And that's what, I mean, so that's why it's so important. Like, it's not going to work for everybody, but it works for me. And like, so that's what I do. Right. Like if you posted your meals and Mm -hmm. said that everyone has to eat this. And then Josh took pep my fiance, who is 230 pounds, six foot two, like muscular, Hannah's itty bitty, right? Still muscular, very fit, but they're two very different bodies. And he looked at that and said, oh yeah. And he ate that. He would shrivel. He would shrivel up. He'd be so hungry, but that's what we see. That's what we do. Yeah. We work out till we die and we only eat what people tell us to eat when they don't know how to tell us to eat truth truth fitness social media in a nutshell oh and we do one stretch to fix our pain (laughs) forgot that one yeah yeah kind of going back to like the high intensity stuff and killing ourselves with fitness um I know that I've talked we've both talked about this before um I don't know if specifically in the podcast context but like that actually like did the opposite for us like both of us felt like it didn't make us leaner like it probably did overall but like internally our bodies were so stressed like I got puffy like I was like I was definitely inflamed like my body was not happy with that much high intensity um and that just goes to show like while this high intensity stuff is so popular it definitely does not work for everybody I will be totally transparent about my experience I gained 30 pounds in one year. We know that was not muscle. I w- was puffy. I was yeah. inflamed. My hormones were off. I went to the doctor. I'm like, what's going on? Nothing has really changed other than the fact that my exercise regimen changed and I'm in grad school. So I'm double stressed. She's like, well, has your eating habits changed? I'm like, no, I've always had iced coffee and eaten the same foods. Yeah. So then I was like, do I have this? Do I have this? And she's like, actually you are insulin. You have a form of insulin resistance. I'm like, how? So then Hannah and I were talking about it and we kind of pinned down like, 
what happened to us. Yeah. And the common denominator was consistent, high intensity exercise. And that's us. We are two cases. We are not everyone. No. And that's why like we do what we do with FitHub Mm -hmm. and that's not for everyone. Like we, we don't claim to like be the fitness program for everybody, but it works for, you know, those that follow it, it works for us. And that's, I mean, claim generalizability. I think that is a huge takeaway for this whole discussion. Yeah. If someone claims that it is generalizable to every single person, the the population, it's probably not. No. Yeah. Any, yeah. I would say like when you're on social media, if you, um, if anybody is saying do this and not asking for any type of background on you, any type of like personal history, they're just saying like, Hey, go do this or go try this pill or go try this workout. Um, and it's going to work for you. It's it's they they don't know what they're talking about. How often does someone find out what you do for a living? And they say, hey, can you tell me what to do really quick just to do this? Every single time. Like if someone finds out I'm a dietitian, it's automatically followed with what should I do? Right. And then they're like, well, I don't understand why you can't tell me in five minutes. It's like, I have to do an hour evaluation of your movement, your background, everything in order to tell you even one thing that you might be able to do. One idea I might have of what's wrong. Yeah. Well, like even like people that come to me that want to lose weight, like, yes, we can talk about a calorie deficit because that's how like we lose weight, but I'm not going to give them a recommendation right off the bat because a, I need, I don't know how many calories they need right off the bat because I need their age, height, weight, activity level, just to even get an estimate of how much they need. But then once I get an estimate of how much they need, I need to learn how much they're actually consuming now to know whether they're at a good point for me to put them in a calorie deficit or not. And that's going to take, you know, about a week of, you know, tracking just to get an average to see where they're at or where they're falling short. So no, it's not a five minute conversation. And that's if, if somebody is, if you're using a online nutrition calculator, like I wish I could burn them all. To be honest, I wish I could just like set fire to these websites Um, because like, I mean, I use like calorie estimators, like I use equations, but I never go off of what exactly it says. I have my own professional judgment that I take what the individual tells me. I take what this equation spits out at me and I merge those two things and figure out what's going to be the best case scenario for this individual your calculator does not take into effect that you probably shouldn't be consuming under 1400 calories a day. So if you are saying that you're not really that active, if you're a little bit older, um, if you want to lose weight quickly, it's going to spit out like a thousand calories for you. And that's not okay. Um, Actually just had a social post about that. So go check that out. But, um, uh, but yeah, it, um, I don't know. It's just stuff like that, that, I mean, so nutrition is a little bit more specific than fitness when it comes to like people trying to like generalize it. Um, but like when it comes to like Amber's realm of like, you know, physical therapy and stuff like that, like she needs to see you in person. Like she's like, she needs to see you move because Uh, I need more than that. I need to, I need to see you And I'm going to tell you to do all these things, but at the same time, I'm just going to ask you about your life and see what you start to talk about. Because if you come to me for back pain, yeah, I'm going to check out the flexibility of your entire spine. I'm going to check out how you do a squat, see if you have any muscular imbalances, but I'm also going to be listening to your history. And when you let it slip that you had an ankle injury a few years ago, you didn't let it heal. You started to change the way that you walked. And then I start to put that together with the things that I'm seeing in my physical exam. I'm going to be like, yeah, that contributed to everything that now you are seeing because it's a chain effect. So I have to get the whole picture. 
Yeah. Your body's all connected if you guys didn't realize it. Like, realize it. Yeah. So you may come to me for one thing, but then we fix another thing. Yeah. Um, so for example, for me, like all of my knee pain is, um, starts at my hips and my pelvic floor. Like I, and that's part of the issues that I had, like starting to see certain, um, therapists and certain like orthopedic doctors is we always only focused on my knee or my knees. And that's how, you know, when you find a good one is they ask you about other areas of your body and like, they look at other areas of your body. Because like I said, mine was in my hips it and in my low back and in my pelvic floor and how like I spill my bowl of water that is my pelvic floor all the time. <laughs> um, if, if you're interested in that, ask us because we talk about like your pelvic tilt and it's, you know, anyways. Definitely want to give credit where that is due. I definitely got that from uh, Dr. Mitch from CrossFit Fenton. He came to teach one of our classes in PT school and I've hung on to that water spilling thing ever since. So credit yeah. where it's due. <laughs> if you find somebody that's willing to take the time to learn more about you and go in depth about your personal history, nutrition history, fitness history, all of that kind of stuff. That's when you know you found a good one. Yes. And when it comes to our training program, like if you look on our website, we say it is for anyone. We don't say it's for everyone. We say it's for anyone because anyone could ha do it and it could work, but it's not gonna work for everyone and that's the same thing with nutrition same thing with rehab same thing with everything and that's the thing we're perfectly okay with it not being for everyone like we 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 get that like if somebody tells us like so for instance like obviously like our training program is meant for those like the the pandemic is what kind of motivated us to do this because a lot of people were working out at home so we ended up, you know, going with that. Okay. If you only have like limited amount of equipment at home, or if you want to follow this training program in a gym, like that's totally cool. Or if you have a home gym, like fine. Um, but, um, you know, some people like when gyms started to open back up again, they really do love that group mentality and they need that motivation. And they need that group setting. Yeah. I get it. It's totally fine. Like, I mean, as long as like, that person is going like, I just want to see people be fit and continue their fitness and find what works for them. And so by doing fit hub, I feel like we were just offering another outlet for that. Yep. An outlet made by people who know what they're talking about. Yep. Yeah. That is the key. Yeah. Can we talk about like real quick? Um, like, so this kind of falls into, um, my work that I've done with like combat athletes and weight cutting athletes. Um, but the idea of using like waist trainers and sauna suits and um, like those like rub, like sweat, sweet sweat, whatever rubs to make you sweat more. Can we talk about the problems with those? Uh, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> Where would you like to start? Um, weight cutting athletes will use those things. And a lot of times, like it is part of their weight cutting protocol because they are able to lose more water weight quickly. The biggest issue is that people see this as a quick fix to weight loss. But again, it, it this is like one of the like most uh, misunderstood things when, and so, like I mentioned to you guys, like weight loss pills, detoxes, all that kind of stuff, you're probably going to gain the weight back plus some what, like water cutting and like excess, like sweating and trying to get rid of weight that way is probably the most inefficient way to do that. Just because like, you're literally going to gain all of that back as soon as you rehydrate. Um, so that's like, that's like when, when I look at the whole idea of like doing something and then it failing and then gaining the weight back, like doing like sweatsuits or, you know, like trying to have excess sweat 
um, in some way, shape or form. Like that's like the condensed version of that same thing of that like feedback loop. I mean, that that's the biggest thing for me. Like, what are your thoughts, Amber? Well, <laughs> I was not prepared for that one. We did not talk about that. Hannah. Sorry. No, it's fine. Sorry. Um, so, I mean, my, obviously I'm all about movement. So waist trainers um, or like those thingies that you put on, that's like a belt to make you sweat. I mean, they're just gonna... Or like my favorite right now is like the, the vibrator thing that you put on your abs. Yeah, to give you abs. <laughs> when you're just standing there. No, that doesn't, no, that's not a thing. Um, basically, all these are going to inhibit any natural movement that you have. Even if you're like, well, it's not tight at all. It's like, okay, well, can you do functional movement with it on? Because I'm pretty sure if you do anything with it on, you're not, you're just going to be inhibiting your movement. Um, whole dehydration thing. You're not going to perform the way that you need to perform if you are dehydrated. Your muscles are going to be like, have you ever watched SpongeBob? And SpongeBob is in Sandy's. Yeah. And he's like, Sandy, water. Like, that's what your muscles are going to be like. They're going to be like, uh, we can't do it. That's what I thought of right away. Um, it's perfect. Basically, your muscles aren't going to be able to do what they need to do. And if they don't, then you are training for nothing because. Yeah. you're going to be doing more damage than growth. And I will say like, I mean, yes, MMA, MMA athletes, weight cutting athletes, they use those protocols, but after they weigh in, like we're pushing, like they're drinking Pedialyte to like rehydrate. Like, like they're, it's a grueling process. And I don't love weight cutting sports, like, but I get it. And I want to help athletes do it the right way. So people just doing it on a day-to-day -day basis without having that full protocol, it's very, very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And do you mean MMA like professional or like lower level? Both. Okay. Is it mainly like professional that puts it out there and then it trickles down and they're like, oh, the perfect. Okay. This is also a problem with trying to emulate what professional athletes professional teams do like those people have like professional athletes have health professionals on their team yeah you help them cycle whatever that they're doing the correct way trickle down to amateurs or school sports like you have volunteer coaches volunteer trainers people most likely you do not have those health professionals at your side to help you do this correctly so it's just a problem right off the bat for anything yep. especially with the weight cutting sports yep yeah that was just like something like i like I, I keep getting those stupid ads for like the ab things or like you know and then like the whole like idea of the you know let's go sit in the sauna and lose some weight i love the sauna for the additional health benefits that it has and that's like a different rabbit hole but let's not use it to like, just lose weight. So how do you get abs? <clears throat> you eat balanced meals. You don't use weight loss pills. You don't use cleanses or detox. And okay, so not only do you have to eat healthy to lean out, but you also have to do exercises that build those specific muscles. Because even if you're the leanest human being on the planet and you haven't built those muscles, you're not going to see them. You have to correct muscle imbalances. You are not going to get to find abs if your back is doing all the work. Um, you have to have a variety of ab exercises to have that definition or else you are not going to see all of it. Yeah, basically, oh, functional movement. Do functional movement. You work your abs when you do squats and deadlifts. And if you're not working your abs when you're doing squats and deadlifts, you're doing them wrong. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. You're probably hurting yourself in the process. Yeah. If your back hurts after deadlifts every single time, you're doing it wrong. 
your back hurts after any functional movement, you're doing it wrong. Truth. If your back hurts after that, yes, you are doing it wrong, but you also need to be doing other things. Yeah. And that is why I implore people to follow physical therapists on Instagram, like barbell physio, prehab guys, ice physio. They put out awesome content. Yeah. Follow me. I'm, I'm working on my content. I'm relatively new compared to all these people. Like they have a few years of content put out and multiple clinicians, um, which is very helpful. But like these people are going to put out great ways to correct your movement, moderate your training and recover properly. Yes, ma'am. So many things that we talked about. I know. Yeah. This was, yeah. I think, I mean, I think this was, I mean, a good enough or a good amount of content that we put out today. <laughs> yeah. Should we just do a quick summary so people don't forget what we did? I've forgotten what we've talked about. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's kind of summarize, bring it all together and kind of highlight some of the key points to like um, takeaways. Know where your information is coming from. Yep. If anything is made to be, um, look to be generalizable, like to the whole world, to the entire population, probably not a good idea to follow it or um, just be aware that this is not personalized recommendations for you. Um, make sure that if you are trying something new, um, you know, I, it wouldn't hurt to find a physical therapist, a dietitian, um, ask a few people what they think about the protocol. Um, I mean, I, I am more than happy to answer questions. Like if people message me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, um, I would rather have you do that than go try this juice cleanse and really screw up your metabolism or not see the results that you're looking for. We talked a lot about high intensity and how it's not for everyone. Yeah. Just because we said it's not for everyone doesn't mean it might not be for you. Yeah. It could I mean, be the best thing for you, but if it doesn't work for you, then it's okay. It is okay. Don't if make any, don't let anyone make you feel bad about your workout. If you are not left dying on the floor, because you still went out you moved, you got your heart rate up, you started sweating, worked your muscles. That is perfectly great. Absolutely. And high intensity doesn't do all of the things. Um, so for example, um, a lot of times when we talk about high intensity, we're talking about, um, obviously like there's load involved in that, but I feel like high intensity is always considered like moving quickly. Mm -hmm. um, if you're doing strength training, if you're working on gaining strength and power, a lot of that is going to be heavier and lower reps and with more rest. So, um, it's more of a strict aspect. Yeah. So know, know what you're training for and know what you want to train for. Um, when you're looking for those different programs, there's not one quick fix to any goal. No. If you're, if you're finding quick fixes, if you are um, falling into those things, just know that they're probably not sustainable. Um, if, if they do work, they're not sustainable or they may not work at all. I think that's it. I think so. I think that's pretty much everything that we talked about. In a nutshell. Yeah. Anything else that you want to add? No, not at the moment. I think they have enough right now. I was just going to say, we, we gave them a lot. All right, cool. So um, yeah, I hope that this was somewhat informational. I know that we kind of ranted a lot, but I feel like, I mean, that's the glory of podcasts is we can just kind of go. Um, if you need to reach out to me, reach out to Amber. I will put all of Amber's uh, social media information in the show notes. 
Um, my information will be in the notes as well as always. So that way you guys can connect with us if you have any questions. Like I mentioned, I'm always more than happy to kind of answer questions and lead you in the right direction um, to a certain extent. And I know Amber's the same way. She loves helping people as well. So always feel free to ask us questions. And yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, Amber. Thanks for having me again. Of course. You can find me on social media at HPH Nutrition, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. My website is www.hphnutrition.com, and I look forward to talking to you guys again soon.